0: You're listening to and the plot thickens, an authors on the air radio network podcast. Join your host, suspense and horror writer Jeff Crawford, as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres. Find out more about Jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. And now, meet today's author guest.
1: Hey up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens, part of the Authors on the Air Global net Radio Network. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford, and my producer is Kerry Schaefer. Today's guest is from the UK, but now lives in Greece. He's a prolific writer with many titles to his credit, and is someone that I've come to respect and admire greatly. Andrew Weston, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you, Jeff. I've been looking very uh, looking forward very much to,
1: to being on the show, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> It's a, it's a treat. It is a treat. Um, I don't, I don't deal with a lot of beating around the bush. We just jump into this. Um, and as you know, we talk mainly about suspense mm-hmm. and, and, and the creation of it here. So I got to thinking about that. And I never had talked with this about this with a guest, uh, but about the definition of suspense and it's a li- it's almost like horror. You know, everybody's got a little mm-hmm. bit of a different take on it. Yeah. Um, to me, suspense is what goes through your mind when you take the last step off of a stairwell in the dark and thinking there's one more. But mm-hmm. there's not. Um, but in your very eloquent and insightful way, um, <laughs> tell us the meaning of suspense to you and how you achieve the desired uh, level of it for the reader in, in your books. Suspense, I I think, well, one aspect of it is creating, uh, I would
0: say, tension or anxiety in your reader. It's connecting with them and getting them to react to whatever scenario uh, you've put down in writing. Now, when you're a speculative uh, writer, or a speculative fiction writer, um, people t- tend to think, "Oh, you know, that's easy to do." Well, it, in fact, it's not, because speculative fiction, okay, it covers all genres, but you're incorporating aspects, say, of the supernatural, or the futuristic, or the imaginary, or the magic, and there's a, a danger there that you could lose your reader because you've got to keep certain elements real, haven't you? You've got to create that um, that, uh, as it were, that mental picture you've got to create that appropriate image in their mind that they can connect to uh, so by keeping certain elements real it helps you your, your reader appreciate why it is you know that you know they need to be scared or this that tension there or that anxiety and uh, you can weave it in in all sorts of ways um for example um again keep keeping it in context uh, you can create uh, tension or conflict uh between a protagonist and an antagonist you know give them uh different goals um opposing goals uh, opposing aspirations you can do it within uh the context of you know where they are is it in a jungle is it at night is it in a you know a, a burnt out factory it, all things like this There's danger from the environment itself danger from from uh you know what they might come across or who they might come across uh and that That you can create tension when there's an eventual standoff. There's all sorts of ways that you can do it. But I think an important aspect about uh, creating tension, creating, you know, that uh, anxiety is you've got to let it ebb and flow. If you keep it on one level for too long, it can exhaust the reader. So like, give it uh, an ebb and flow, give it a little trigger point here and there. And sometimes, oh, let them down. You know, something mm. that... Neil, Neil Gaiman's really good at doing that. I'm, a, I'm a, an avid fan of Neil Gaiman. And, you know, the way his attention to detail and people's emotions are build and, build and build. Ah! And it's kind of like, oh, you... Sh- ooh, <laughs> you know, I think there's another time, bam! You know, you knock your socks off. So you've got to do that and think of ways that y- so you can really mix it up, um, you know, uh, and elicit that emotion uh, in a way that, y- y- you know, you can... um
1: that appeals to the reader right i agree yeah. i agree it's uh, re- reading reading when it comes to suspense and tension edginess yeah. is, is a roller coaster and it, yeah. and it can't all be downhill taking your breath away you've got yeah. to have a moment where you're yeah. building but you're also catching your breath yeah you know so you've you've got to be able to do both yeah a- and i agree completely um Okay f- so you're so you're doing all this do you have a go-to tool in your kit that you consider your most reliable or uh, for when setting up a book that's to be filled with all this edginess and nerve-rattling moments some writers use their characters to do all the heavy lifting some use the environment within the book some use histories inside the book some et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. do you have a a thing that you rely on the most
0: well yeah uh, it, but again it depends on the story i'm telling uh, one of the best ways i found of um creating a connection with the with the uh the reader is uh, for, for example the Cambian journals with R- raven tail um what i've done there i've mixed point of viewer I mixed it. Um, I researched it <laughs> quite a lot before I even dared to try it, because uh, most people go with either third path or first. And so I thought, okay, so one way to really because ca- like sometimes that third uh, point of view, it allows you to uh, um, uh, allows you to find out what's going on elsewhere and who's doing what you know your main characters, uh, your soap characters who nevertheless are going to be uh, playing important parts, but, what I did with the Cambrian journals, Augustus Thorne, he's the main uh, protagonist, I put him in first, puff first point of view. So, and, uh, and that way I found it really, really creates a connection because instead of saying he did this, he did that, he went blah, 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 I did, I went there. I, and as they're reading it, they're forming that I, not... Augustus mm-hmm. on I, they're connecting with the way he feels that the anger, the hatred, the you know is is going to get them. So uh, one of the ways I do is, is I mixed a uh, puff, and I found it works very well. I've uh, I tried it out uh, in a couple of uh, books now, and it works superbly. And it is a superb way of creating tension.
1: Great, great. I was talking with uh, Doug Lyle a few weeks ago, and he is he's big on on mixing uh how it's written in a book, whether it's yeah. first person, third he'll he'll break it up so much that uh the protagonist or the antagonist one will be a first person and everything yeah. else will be third in person front. and he yeah. flips back and forth during the yeah. book. And um that's that's a great tool if it, it is. If <laughs> if you're if you're careful you have to be yes. careful and not you know or it can get yeah. away from you. That never in the same
0: scene. It, you know, sometimes it's a uh, just one scene. Uh, uh in first person when it goes to Augustus so on and sometimes it's an entire chapter from his point of view because it allows you you know to experience what he's experiencing but then by reverting to third party, then you know what's going on elsewhere and what they're planning for him things that he doesn't know about you know things that are going to come across and surprise him and you know so yes but it has to be done properly otherwise it just oh, oh
1: it doesn't make right sense. yeah right um while we're on this let's see I'm going to save that one in a second Okay. i know you know not only be a uh, writer of some dark and some edgy business but you're also a fan of reading books that have that yeah why what is the appeal of all that
0: oh, for writing and reading it i think i've always had uh, a vivid imagination always have um i could read before i went to school uh, my mum and dad encouraged me to do that and it started with comic books and of course, uh, you know the comic books. Um, the the first one says it's mainly the picture with a few words underneath, and so on. But getting in there, to, I, I'd lose myself. So, um, we had uh, uh, certain comic books in, in Britain um, that you know they they told adventures of um, boys in outer space, or, um, uh, of uh, one. General Jumbo, his name was called. He was a young lad, but he was a technical genius, as was his dad. He used to have his dad. And he used to have a little armband that could control hand-built robots. And he used to fight wars with them, and he'd fight crime with them. You know, so things like this, it was awesome. And, of course, growing up in the 90s, I was born in 1960. Um, excuse me, I'm just being attacked by one of my cats here. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. And um, uh, I grew up in the, the age of Jerry Anderson, so, of course, on the TV, you know, we're watching uh, the normal Sunday matinees uh, 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 that that you do. But, uh, you know, I grew up with, with Jerry and with um, uh, Supercar, when it came out, uh, Fireball x Five, 5 It went on to Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, things like that. Again, it's, it's all way out there. And, of course, at that time, from the States, we had things like um, a Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Land of the Giants, you know, uh, the Time Tunnel. Things like that. Mm-hmm. oh and I was absolutely riveted. Yeah, we watched the Westerns, of course, because that was on the Sunday matinee and all the greats with Audie Murphy and you know, things like this and uh and so on. But uh oh the Anything that involved science fiction to me at that time, it it was wonderful. You know, I always became lost in it. And so it triggers an imagination. It helps you want to learn more about it. What if, what that. Then Star Trek came out, of course, in the early 1960s. And yeah, it was superb. (laughs) So that triggered, you know, my imagination. So it got me not on to just reading things. Like I say, by the time I was um, in what we call secondary school, um, the, uh, I'd, I'd emptied the library of all the science fiction, you know, Ray Bradbury, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, Asimov, uh, oh, and uh, I can't think of the names at the moment, but I, I just, uh, Jerry Pornell, you know, I just emptied them. I read them from cover to cover and uh, what else is there now? <laughs> you know, so, right. and of course, doing that, it makes you, you know, you start making up stories yourself and, you know, it, you
1: just go from there. Right, good, good deal okay so you've got all this experience thinking about this and writing Mm -hmm. about this and reading about this this is go this is that's my way of leading into this question
0: Mm -hmm.
1: while we're on the subject in a way (laughs) and barely (laughs) away but we're on the subject i want to go ahead and ask the one question that i ask everybody that comes on this show um when it comes to keeping a reader on the edge of their Mm -hmm. seat or reading with the blanket pulled up to their chin <laughs> what do you think is more bothersome for the reader is it the coming of the known or the coming of the unknown
0: oh it's definitely the unknown i know um you know some people say they fear the known but uh the more vivid your imagination then the greater the fear of the unknown will be because you will be conjuring up all sorts of scenarios uh in your head of oh what's going to happen what's in there don't go, you know what why are you looking at don't open that door yeah you, know, you just started because your imagine your your, your mind starting to run away with uh with itself conjuring up all sorts of oh they're going to die. or they're going to get torn apart. They're going to get eaten. They're going to get, you know, zapped by a Rager. Yeah. So it's the fear of the unknown because, and I think it's, it's, it's natural because if you can connect with it, that's what I was talking about, that connection. If you can immerse yourself in it, uh then, you know, it's like your fears start to come out. Oh, no, 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 don't do it. And, you know, it, it's one of the definite fear of the unknown. I think that will, will scare the majority of people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess it's you know you hear the click 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 of claws running across a floor in the dark Mm -hmm. and you know it's a mouse Mm -hmm. but the more you listen to it the bigger it gets you know Uh until until all of a sudden you know there is something from another world coming out of that dark (laughs) You know? it, 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 yeah
0: it, it, it's it, it's like that i'm slightly different my life has been i've had a very colorful life uh, between the ages of three and eleven i grew up in a genuine real life haunted house um some people who know me know, know that and if you think cutting a very long story down if you think uh the film uh the sixth sense mixed with elements of poltergeist been there, done that. so it <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. um or you would you would be amazed at um, uh, some of the things I've actually experienced. and because of that, that's why I've never really until recently gone into horror because a lot of things like that don't scare me. they just don't. Um, so, but I can appreciate why certain people really, so, you know, that's the type of thing I feed on when I'm writing, but yeah, for me, that, 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 that type of thing just isn't scary. They've never really, for me to enjoy horror, there's got to be, other elements of entertainment to it um you know it's got to be cleverly written clever. like I recently saw it's been out for years 2007 we just had Halloween yeah and it's a, a little film from 2007 trick-or-treat it's trick-or-treat uh the one with the little um burlap dressed kid on the front with a pumpkin head uh, but, right. it's an, but it's an anthology isn't it and it there's four short stories in one overlapping each other and that was so clever i i, I saw people going on about it well, what is this and i thoroughly enjoyed it i wasn't frightened by it but i thoroughly enjoyed it and i saw where they're going how cleverly it was done um you know so you know so that aspect i i do enjoy And from that you know i'm taking it in and right i'll try and you know put this into now i'm uh writing horror or dark fantasy you know
1: i'll 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 have a go it seems to work well whatever works that's great yeah yeah um i think that in one way or another all writers of fiction start out by asking themselves the what if question Mm. um and then figure out how to answer it as they write the book Mm uh when you've asked yourself that question at the start of something new do you keep yourself in suspense as to the answer or do you already know it before you finish or before you start the book
0: yeah um just thinking back over the books i've written and especially the longer ones i have it i do tend to know how it's gonna end or roughly now I will admit that while I want to follow a you know a certain story to reach that final destination, it has changed the route I've taken has changed along the way and in the, you know, um one of my biggest selling books um uh that uh, ending was indeed changed you know it was it was as it, it just developed a, a nature a, an identity of its own and it's you know tended to steer itself towards that so, no that would be better than i originally imagined so i went with it so i do tend to plan um i do you know tend to have a beginning and an end but i'm flexible enough to realize that as the story starts and you get these ideas and they come streaming and then you you go with certain aspects oh and in that case, it works superbly. And boom, off we went. And it, it was an ending I hadn't anticipated at the beginning. But usually, Not, I, do, I do tend to plan.
1: Hmm. What's the most important thing that you know now as a writer that you didn't know when you wrote your first book? <laughs> uh, just <laughs> how hard it
0: is, how dedicated, how regular you've got to be. Now, I've never suffered from writer's block. However, circumstances can make it difficult. The, you remember, um, I, I'm married, <laughs> and I can't just sit down for hours and hours a day, although it might seem like it to my wife. Uh, you've got to divide your time wisely. And in that time, you've got to do a bit, even if you can't get a lot of writing done, like yesterday, the, after we were recovering from the storms, and we're doing this, that, and the other. So I was doing notes, sort of plans, and oh, idea to way my, my i'm um i've recently done my first uh, creature feature for uh, raven tail and i'm on to the second book and i thought of some ideas that, oh yes, this will make the story more interesting. I'll go, you know, something that will really stir it up. So so although I couldn't get any writing done yesterday, I was making notes, uh, preparing those characters, giving them a history, because it's important to give them that history uh, so that they, you know, they, they sound real, they appear as real on the pages. And, uh, you know, so you get something done, make it regular. Uh, and I appreciate that more now than ever before, because I, I, I slipped into writing quite by chance. Um, do you want me to explain it or? or sure. Not? Yeah. Um, I had a very busy life. I, or, although I had all these ideas, I had a very, very busy life a, a decade in the military, then uh, a couple of decades and more uh, as a police officer. So the type of work I was doing, always busy, 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 busy. Um, in the military, away a lot, uh, different parts of the world, coming back for a brief time on the way. Uh, and, and even when I was back, training, training, training away, uh, you know. Uh, with the police, I, I served in a specialist role. Um, my favourite one was in a crime and intelligence bureau, where you're dealing with all sorts of horrendous crimes, you know, the 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 nastiest crimes imaginable, and you know, catching the bad guys, as it were. So you never had time for it. And then I was injured on on duty at work, uh, and uh, that's why we ended up here in Greece in fact, because um, I was in and out of hospital for a couple of years, they said I'd be disabled for life, never walk again, I fought my way back to health, but we came here because of the, the heat, the warmth, and it has allowed me, you know, and now i go running again, gym, I can't do what I used to, of course, no way, and I'm in my 60s now as well, you know, my, but my Zimmer frame has got sports wheels, it's fantastic, now, and, uh, you know, I, <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, and when we got here, I was like, I, mean, and, I and my wife said, well, you know, you're making up all these stories. It's like um when I go. One of the side effects of that thing I mentioned earlier on about living in a haunted house is uh, repetitive dreams a lot. And in those dreams, when I go to bed at night, I'm I'm just writing out stories in my head uh, or living them. And she said, well, why don't you put some of these stories down? And that's how I got into writing. You know, I said, OK, I will. And of course, I just sat down and started. You know, like from my head, because I'd done it for so long in my head. And of course, when, <laughs> when, you can't do that. You know, you've got to have some no. degree of plan. And and of course, that that's what I know now. <laughs> uh, right. That fir- first attempt, that first draft of my first ever story. Um, ooh, you know. Ooh, you know. Where's the bonfire? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but and 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 if anything, I had to put so much work into correcting it afterwards, and then I started learning my craft properly while we were here and uh and the rest um you know it's it seemed to go quite well it it took off
1: quite well (laughs) i understand that completely um i i i cowboyed for a living i I was Ah. you know i you know chaps and spurs and rode a horse and um did a lot of hunting and fishing and outdoor stuff and yeah. uh it's I, a hard I, life it's a yeah, hard life i met is. some
0: cowboys when i went across to i've been across to the states
1: a few times texas and it's a hard life sorry go on it's go on. It's, yeah. it's not it's not yeah. easy <laughs> but i but in the in the scheme of all that as it passed i accumulated stories yeah you know things that had happened that were interesting And then one day the doctor says, you've ignored a hernia for too long. We're going to fix it. So I knew I was going to have three weeks of downtime. And I said, yeah, I'm going to put all those stories in a book, Mm. weave it around to let where It's being told as first person narrative kind of thing, but it wasn't me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and I could see it so well in my head Ah, And, and to transfer it to paper as yeah. far as East is from West, it did not work. And it took uh, me, I'm like you, it took, you know, I've got nine yeah. books in the bottom yeah. of my desk that no one will ever see because uh, it took that long to learn how to write a book. Yeah, yeah. So I understand them. Completely, what yeah. you just said. If, if, <laughs> even,
0: even when you follow that golden rule, you did what I did, and I try to incorporate that in my books. Is write what you know. You did it about cowboying, and uh, you know, and I, you know, where I can kind have of incorporated aspects of the military and and things mm-hmm. I've done in my books. So you can see that when it comes out, when you write what you know. Oh, but at the beginning, even you know, if you don't plan it right, if you <laughs> if you're going, oh yeah, blind, even when you're writing what you know, you can just dig a hole and oh,
1: oh. <laughs> you can't get out. <laughs> you can you can make a mess in a hurry yeah just throw some dirt (laughs) in on top yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah. um even though series books are different from standalones uh both types have to come to an eventual end yeah um with a series you generally leave the back door open or a window cracked so you can get into the next one um well yes you know you know Especially if it's a continuation of the story. Well, I Oh yeah, on (laughs) You know, um but with either type of book, how important is it to you to tie up all the ends at the end of a book, or do you leave that to the reader's conclusions? I think that it's always best to
0: um dependent upon your story to create a satisfactory ending. So that might not mean tying all the loose ends up. Uh, Sometimes you do leave it open. Um, And in fact, um, one of the series I mentioned earlier on is before I came to Raven Tale, uh, that ended up being uh, my most prolifically selling book, was written as a one-off book. Uh, um, But I'm an avid world builder. Before I uh, even start writing now, I've learned uh, from my early mistakes. Um, You give uh, your story a place in which to reside. You give it a history. You give it a timeline, how things came about, the people in it, you know, the languages, their customs, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote such a huge amount of of background information that you only dip into, not again, because it adds that reality to to a thing. And when I ended it the way I wanted to, um, the publishers liked it so much. Oh, we want a trilogy out of this, but, but it's a one off. No, 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 we want to, so fortunately, I had a lot, so I could, this is, now, how am I going to do this, because the danger then is, of course, you've come to this satisfactory ending, and it was a satisfactory ending, I was really pleased with it, I thought, well, how can I tie things together now, (laughs) Uh, if I'm going to write another, but now, fortunately, I've done it in such a way that um, there was a, a degree of fluidity to it, and it, it uh, in that instance it came out very well, whereas with the Cambrian journals that I've um, written for Raven Tale, the um, well, as you'll find that there's a couple of books to come yet, but you'll find that although one chapter closes, another one opens as a hint of it in the ending, so it it rounds off the story in a, a fully satisfied in a complete way. That chapter. Of um, Augustus Thorne's life is closed, but might there be another one? We shall see.
1: You know, I know exactly uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You're fa- you're familiar with my Gunhand series? Oh yes. When I, uh, Walter, when, when I, I did, I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love that series. I'm reading another
0: one of the books actually, in, uh not next week, week after. You know, I excellent series. I, l- I love it, mate.
1: <laughs> when I wrote the first one, yeah, zero idea that that was going to be a series. Yeah. I I left it to the readers to draw their own conclusions at the end of the first book. I thought it ended well for me Mm. and I was done. And next thing I knew, they said, "Mm, no, we've got to keep going with this. Mm. And, uh, I'm like you, how, how you do that? And, um, I had to really study on that a little bit to even (laughs) figure out how to make a continuation. But,
0: uh,
1: um, I, I, I understand exactly what you said. Yeah, because it's got to be credible, hasn't it? If you're going to carry yeah. on, especially yeah. when you you yourself
0: have planned the story to end in that way, and it's got, huh? And because you, you don't, you, you know, uh, then you you just don't want to dig another hole. For you, so I'll just jump straight. Exactly. In. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. um Look, before we run out of time, and okay. I'm, yeah. and I don't want to do that, but yeah. but we're going to eventually. Yeah. Uh, Tell everybody about your latest release and where they can find it and you and everything about Andy Weston.
0: Um, Well, my latest release um, um, with the Cambion journals is Web of the Succubus. Uh, It's book four of the Cambion journals. It's uh, book four of six. Um, It details the exploits of um, the protagonist we've chatted about, Augustus Thorne. He's a demon-human hybrid uh, who hates what he is and the hunger that um, consumes him, as it were. Uh, and is devoted his long and lonely life to hunting others of his kind. You can find it um, at Amazon and other e- e-book uh, out- outlets. Uh, and also, of course, to Raven Tail, who have been very supportive of it absolutely um you know love what they've done with it and the covers are uh, you know wonderful because like nowadays with so many books out there it's like looking at a brick wall isn't it but if yeah. your bri- if your brick stands out um excuse me if you don't want I'll, I'll just show i mean well oh, where is he there it is <laughs> i mean look at that oh there you go i mean a hybrid's tail i don't know if you can see it properly uh,
1: See, there oh, we there go. go.
0: Yeah, sorry, because I got that. They are wonderful it. covers. Yeah, they're they're wonderful covers, and the design team come up with that. So, bam, you know, so you can find it there. And uh, did you say where to find me? Uh, or yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you, you find me on um at uh, uh, of course Facebook, uh, Andrew Paul Weston. Uh, uh, on Twitter with the cunningly reversal of device reversal of my name, western Andrew. TikTok again, my name with uh 666 after because i write horror now see boo <laughs> scare you <laughs> and, places and if, you, if you go to my blog it's named after me andrewpaulweston.blogspot.com you'll see the links there to other pages to other um uh social media and so on you can just go from there because that's where i put all more reviews of the books i've been enjoying and other work that i'm doing and uh you know, because i i i believe as as you've seen uh not just in You know, telling people about yourself, but supporting other authors because yeah, it's it's a hard life being an author. It is. You have to develop a thick skin. You
1: know, otherwise you you, you cry yourself to sleep every night on your pillow. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) The 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 biggest rudest awakening I got when I wrote my first book was that the minute I wrote the end, there wasn't a line of people out my door waiting to get it. You know, they just weren't there, and and that was a that was a huge awakening for me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, you, uh, <laughs> well, folks, you've been listening to a great, great discussion with Andrew Weston, and it was such a treat for me. Andy, thanks for being on. Oh, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Folks, I hope you'll go out and grab every book you can find with his name on the spine. You will not be disappointed. Um, I guarantee you. This has been another installment of And the Plot Thickens. Read a book, tell everyone that you read it. Reviews do matter uh, look up and the plot thickens on the Facebook page, uh, to catch up, uh, on shows that you might have missed. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or look for my author page on Amazon, uh, to see the books that I've written and AM you keep on kicking and gouging, buddy. We're pulling with you all the way. Thanks everyone for tuning in and y'all have a great, great week. Thank you.